Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and I know that I say this every week, but I'm really excited about today's episode um, because I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation I had with my guest. Yes, I have another guest this week. This week's guest is Keith Roberson, a content creator and apologist. He's also the host of the podcast called I Pray This Helps. Before we get into today's conversation, though, let's get into rocking with Bob. Who is Bob? Bob stands for Black-Owned Businesses. This week's Bob is One United Bank, the nation's largest Black-owned bank. They are leading the movement to banking Black and buying Black in order to garner our spending power and channel it back into our communities to create jobs and build businesses and increase wealth. I've been banking with them for a few years now. I've not transferred every single dollar, um, but that is the end goal. So I encourage you to do the same. If you're saying to yourself, why? Why should we bank Black? Let me share the words of Jasmine Ferguson. The very growth of our community dictates that we have a collective economic agenda. Have you ever thought about what the bank does with your money? Black-owned banks serve their communities by providing financial services and capital to minority-owned businesses. Moving money to Black-owned banks and more importantly, opening credit card, loan, and mortgage accounts can create more access to capital that can go to support Black businesses, homeownership, and empowerment in the Black communities across the nation. So yeah, head over to One United and uh, start moving your coins because Black money matters. And also so that you too can be rocking with Bob. All right, y'all. Let's unpack it. All right. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Key. Thank you so much uh, for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Mm. Let's get into this conversation. Um, Is Christianity the white man's religion? Did our slave masters force us to believe in Jesus? (laughs) Mm. have we all been um, bamboozled? Like, what is this Christianity stuff about? Like, should we leave the faith? Should we stay? Is Jesus real? Is he black? Is he white? Is he brown? Does it matter? Like, (laughs) let's let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. Firstly, um, I want to get a little bit about your background in apologetics. So Mm. what exactly is apologetics and how did you get to this path being an apologist? Apologetics isn't mutually exclusive to Christianity. Any Anyone can be an apologist depending on the subject. For myself, I would call myself a Christian apologist. And to be an apologist means that you are giving a defense to a very controversial topic. And so for me, oftentimes, you know, just growing up, that topic has always been the topic of Jesus Christ, whether it be his existence, whether it be his validity as Lord and Savior, whatever it might be, uh, the validity of scripture, um, so on and so forth. Um, I don't have any credentials, but (laughs) um, as you know, any credentials that I would mention and say, this is why, other than first Peter chapter three, verse 15, where it tells us that we should be able to give a defense for our faith when, you know, um, when called upon and asked, why is the, why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Well, let me just go ahead and ask you then, why do you believe what, have you always been a Christian? Were you born and raised in a church or what, what was your um, experience with Christ where he won your heart? Man, uh, 
I always give credit to um, going from glory to glory. You know, we we've heard that song by Fred Hammond over the years. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I know for me, for the longest time, it, it was just a great song. I loved the song, but I never exactly knew what it meant until the Lord showed me one day um, in our sanctification process, we should be and we are going from glory to glory. It's, mm-hmm. Literally, it's from one understanding of God to another understanding of him. And it's higher and higher. Like, so yeah. the, um, oftentimes you hear a lot of belief and they might not even say it like this, but this is literally what it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of believers would say, man, I thought I knew God at this point, but now I really know him mm-hmm. now. now. And, it, you know, that's that's that feeling. That's what you you're describing going from glory to glory and if you walk with him long enough you will understand that it never ends it never ceases it's just something that we will continue to go through and it's a great experience so for me um I met the Lord at four years old in the back seat of my parents car um they were playing a tape um around uh Easter resurrection Sunday time and they gave the gospel on the tape and yeah, I'm that old. We, we had tapes and um, <laughs> you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord and I knew then exactly what I was doing. You know, at four years old, it's like, well, what sin have you committed? You know, it's like, well, I knew that I had lied before. I knew that I had done things that my parents told me not to do. And so it was very real to me at seven years old. I rededicated my life to the Lord. I, I said, right. So from, so from four to seven, you yeah. had you fallen um, away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I just, um, again, it was this going from glory to glory situation where I told the Lord, I said, man, I'm, I'm your son. And I, you know, you want me to be your son and I'm, you're my father. And so I saw the Lord as my father at seven years old. And then at nine years old, I, I told the Lord, okay, <laughs> Okay, because we went to this um to this event for uh, Valentine's Day, and uh, there was a bunch of muscle men that were sharing the gospel, and I was like, "Yo, I want to live for the Lord." And then <laughs> and again, at 15 years old, uh, um, I was just in 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 class in literature class, and the Lord was like, "Who here? Like, can you define?" Anyone here that is living for me, you know, you got your jocks, you've got your cool kids, you've got everybody has a space. But can you really define like who's like living for me here? And I said, no, I can't. And if I can't, I guess it would have to be me. Mm. If anyone's going to live for you here, it would have to be me. So at 15 rededicated my life <laughs> but that's what we would, that's what I would call it then but again glory to glory and yeah. um you know I could go on for days yeah so. yeah I, I see I see mm. I love that I love that I yeah. actually I, I envy people who have very specific moments mm. where they can remember like this is when I gave my life to Christ as a mm. P as a PK I have gotten saved probably no no less than 20 times <laughs> yeah. okay no less so it's like I don't I don't know when that moment was that I was like Lord I believe in you because it was like I mean we had to believe we had no choice <laughs> We <laughs> <laughs> had to believe. I used to count those times as like, man, I don't have a, a a a story to tell. I don't really have like this sinful past to yeah. tell, you know, prior to meeting the Lord. But even that is a blessing, you know. Amen. We don't, we don't look at 
one, we don't look at one situation as better than the other. You know, it's like the prodigal son situation where there's one son is like, yo, we, you and I, in in so many respects, would be the son that quote unquote never left. And he's like, no, you, you, my son, just, just like this kid who's ran away and has come You back. better preach. Come yeah. on and preach to the people. Yeah. You preach were, it to me. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were two prodigal sons in that story. One had left physically and one had left in his heart. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. I we're not gonna go there. I, we don't, I don't wanna be yeah. too preachy, but yeah, yeah. there's so much more message in that text than Absolutely. what is typically preached about the prodigal son. Cause that mm-hmm. the son that stayed at home, there's a lot in there. Absolutely. A lot to explore with him. Absolutely. All right. So about what we're actually gonna talk about. <laughs> Let's do it. Lord, do it. <laughs> yeah, I I Keith, you know this, but to tell the listeners, I wanted to have this conversation because it's from my perspective, from my observation and opinion, it seems to me that so many Black millennials have left the church completely because yeah. because of unanswered questions, because mm-hmm. one plus one plus one ha- hasn't always added up. And yeah. um, unfortunate, unfortunately, the Black church has, hasn't dealt with religion from a racial standpoint. Point. And um, and because of the American context, it needs to be. But because it hasn't been, um, people are like, "Yo, something may add up." So I'm gonna just go ahead and like not do this Christianity thing because it seems that this is the white man's religion. It seems that this is the thing that the slave masters forced upon the slaves. And I'm not with that. I don't want to yeah. serve. The, I don't want to serve the master. That whole thing. Um, right. And I know so many personally who have had questions that have gone unanswered. And I even had my own journey, maybe about seven or maybe about five years ago, I was thinking about like leaving the faith completely because certain mm-hmm. things were not adding up um, for me. And logically, socially, I was like, yeah, God, I don't know how I can continue serving and believing in you when you just do not show up for black Americans. Like, are mm. we, have we not served you? Have we not submitted ourselves to you? Have we not wow. always believe like we've all, we've always only had our faith, you know, like, why isn't it enough? You know? Mm. And, I, and I had all of these questions and, and even certain scriptures. I'm like, wait, how, what slaves and what what is this about and I couldn't even be mad at the people that I knew who left the faith because I'm just like yo I'm I'm low-key right behind you you know Mm -hmm. for me though I contended with God like I like I need for you to reveal yourself to me in a very personal way because I'm Mm -hmm. real close to being out this mug and Mm -hmm. he and he did that and God did that for me Holy Spirit absolutely do it um himself to me personally you know and for me at at this point it's the whole you know you can't make me doubt him i know too much about him you know that's why that's where i am however i i do know that there are so many of our peers who don't feel that way because we have not had this conversation about our christianity being rooted in white supremacy Mm. so could you answer that question for us is christianity valid did europeans give us this religion (sighs) oh man uh the short answer is no Mm -hmm. the long answer is no (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) um the longer answer would be first of all we have to understand geographically where jesus was you know he he was 
Israel is not in Europe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never been to Israel, but I I think I I think we would all be on the same side of saying that Israel is not in Europe, Jerusalem is not in Europe, Bethlehem is not in Europe, you know, um, and things of that nature. I will say this, that there's so many places that my mind is going right now. Um, so from that standpoint, if you just do some just general reasoning with yourself, you can say, <laughs> hmm, something isn't adding up. Maybe I've been lied to. You know, if if this were really um, the oppressor's religion is what I would call it. Um, if this is really their religion, why would they place it? here instead of somewhere in England or wherever or Norway or wherever it might be um, or Rome or, or things of that nature. Now I'll say this, um, reading, um, reading the book of John, I've been in the study of, of, of John. Um, the Bible says that Jesus came at exactly the perfect time. Mm-hmm. He came exact at exactly the perfect time where the Roman Empire, I will say this, the Roman Empire did help pave the way for for Christianity. It did help pave the way because um it was it was one of the reasons why so we have we had two translations. You had the Hebrew and then you had the Greek, which a lot of Hebrews spoke. Um Paul Paul was one of them. He spoke Hebrew and Greek. Um he had he was he had dual citizenship. Um and so what was happening was the the Hebrew translations would be easily um translated into Greek. So not only Hebrews could understand it, but Greece and other nations could understand it because Rome was just doing a thing and they were pillaging and and uh for lack of better terms, we'll just say taking over and um capturing other countries and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. Um God used even that. God used even that to be um, a conduit of the gospel. So what the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. Come and on. So, so yes, there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot, lot of mixing of Roman the Roman Empire and other nations coming together because Roman Rome was capturing a lot of these nations. So yeah. you would have a lot of um, passageways to get through. And so the gospel was moving, was able to move forth that way. Yeah. Large part of why Jesus came at that point in time because of that very reason. So, um, and you know, the Roman, the Roman soldiers, they, you know, they're, they're a large part of the gospel story about, you know, Jesus's crucifixion and all of that. But, but with all of that said, it is not, it is origin Christianity's origin is not based in in European history is not based um in Roman history that's not its basis Jesus was middle was from the Middle East now I don't know how dark Jesus was I don't know how light Jesus was or slash is um but I knew I know that he was Jewish he was Jewish. And and so they described what Jesus was in scripture. They said that he had um, um, hair of wool and that, um, you know, they described 
you know, he was a little, he wasn't as light as Europeans were. Now, a lot of um, Hebrew Israelites will say he had feet of bronze. Now, now, does does that describe uh, a white man to you? I'm like, okay, now we're getting into um, symbolism and we're in we're in Revelation, which has a lot of symbolism (laughs) here. So I'm not going to say that Jesus was black based off of the fact that um, the Bible says he had um, feet of bronze. Yeah, it literally could mean that his feet were actually bronze. (laughs) (laughs) He had a sword coming out of his mouth in the same in the same book. So (laughs) let's be careful there. Um, I will say this. So, um, you know how we, we say a lot of people say uh, religion is just a way to govern society. It's a way to govern society. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, it's Europeans way to govern society. Um, the first nation to make Christianity its national religion was Ethiopia. So Ethiopians. And, and if you know, again, geographically, if you know where Ethiopia is, it's not in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in Europe. And yeah. so um, the gospel in Jesus made it's made its way from the Middle East to Africa and then it, it made its way to Europe. And but we would have to say that um, Europeans did have a way in making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's talk about this slavery piece and how slavery and Christianity have ties. <sighs> How do we reconcile what the Bible says about slavery? Because it's in there. Did God condone? Did God condone slavery? Like what? When we read those scriptures, what are we to take from that? We have to first differentiate the difference between biblical slavery and the slavery of that we know as America. Yeah. More specifically, the slavery know that we know as Black America, because white people they just think. We came over here. Um, I've learned this recently that Southern white people think, well, they've been taught and their education has been whitewashed to the point to where they think that we came over here on our own volition and that we just wanted to help out for free. Yeah. Like, some, and some, I'm not hyperbole. This is not hyperbole. This is literally in textbooks. We came over here as we came over here to help out. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. And and that's why uh, a part of the reason why some people, they approach this situation the way that they do is because they've been taught for years that um, we just came over here. No, no, we were stolen. We were kidnapped. And a lot of us did not make it. Um, so, uh, yes, we have to know the difference between biblical slavery and American slavery. Um and so, which isn't so ancient. I want to say ancient slavery, but it's not ancient at all. Um, in in Bible times, people were slaves like you and I have jobs. I'm assuming that you have a job. Mm-hmm. So you would be considered a slave and your master would be considered your boss. Do you get a wage? Not necessarily, but you would be working off a debt. You'd be working off a debt that maybe your family owed to, you know, your family owed. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll pay the debt off. You would be what um, indentured servants were at plantations. Okay. So that would be more or less more, well, more um, the terminology that you would use 
if you're okay. talking about biblical slavery. Okay. You had slaves still had rights. Slaves were more more or less employees. They there was only a certain time in which you were a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't be um whatever flew in America did not fly back in those days. You could not <laughs> beat a slave to death. You could not um, whip them. Uh, you could only whip them only up to so many times. And, and it wasn't like that. I'm not chaining you to a, a tree or anything like that. Uh, slaves had rights. And um, usually the time in which they were slaves, they were slaves for like maybe seven years or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing long they had relationships with their i would call them bosses mm-hmm. and so the slavery that the bible was speaking about is not the slavery that was set in place in america so that's number 1 also if you read scripture you read about you're reading a you're reading a particular book that paul wrote to a slave master that had um had a runaway slave a slave who ran away and Paul, Apostle Paul, is writing to this slave owner, telling him to let him go and don't come after him. Mm-hmm. And so you so you do see a lot of you see a lot of scriptures where it talks about where Paul is talking to the slaves and he's saying, um, obey your masters. It's pretty much obey your boss. Do what your boss is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Bosses don't be too hard on the people that are working for you mm-hmm. either. So a lot again, a lot of times slaves would stop being slaves after a while, after they've accumulated a a, a, a certain amount of money, because mm-hmm. some they get paid. I don't know what the particular uh, what the particulars were yeah. uh, with the contract or whatever it was, but and then they would go on to own certain slaves and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it was this economic thing that wasn't like people didn't mind being slaves so much. Got so it. you see, so you see in. Um, you know, when Paul, well, Moses is telling Pharaoh to let his people go. Why? Because they were being mistreated. Mm-hmm. This is OK. Here is a slavery that we can talk about where God was not cool with this. Yeah. God yeah. was not cool with this. You see, um, I, I forget the particular book, but Paul is talking to the slave owner and he's saying, look, let them go. It would be the Christian thing for you to do to let them go. I know that you're a believer. You are a believer in Christ Jesus. So. Let's not do this any longer. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a Christian now, too. He's going to come with me. We're going to do things. So let him rock. So in no way, shape or form is God condoning the slavery that we have come to know as black Americans mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. Thank you for that breakdown and speaking to the differences between what the slavery was in the Bible and the chattel slavery we know um, that had been um, in the early 1600s. Through the late 1800s. The late 1800s. Yeah. But we do know, though, that these were the scriptures that Europeans used and perverted. Um, And that's what we see. And I want to be careful here. I don't want to I don't want to be a Nick Cannon um, just getting loose with my mouth and saying all kinds of crazy stuff. But (laughs) but that's what we what we see in history uh, over and over again is the perversion of something that's already created. They didn't create anything. They took what was there and perverted it. Um, and that is very important to note. You know, it's very more of, it's it's more of a counterfeit than anything, right? Like Absolutely. a counterfeit is just a fake version of what was already there. Absolutely. Um, and we have to be careful about that. But I do understand though why 
people can be concerned with those scriptures and why it's like, whoa, whoa, what are you saying, God? Are you, are you, were you, you were cool with this? You Paul telling us mm-hmm. this, you know, so I'm not judging anyone who has those questions because I had those questions. Yeah. However, we have to um, be intentional about reading the scriptures in the proper context and, and allowing Holy Spirit to reveal what he was saying in his written word. Absolutely. So, so, but more on that though, right? So we know that uh, slave masters, Europeans uh, use this uh, religion and use these scriptures and perverted it because of course slaves couldn't read, slaves, you know, couldn't write. As, as a matter of fact, they were oftentimes beaten and tortured if they were found reading. Um, and it's my belief that a lot of the reason was because if they were to begin to read, they see, oh, wait a minute. The Bible don't actually condone uh, me being a slave. This like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know they, that they did use those scriptures to um, uh, enforce or justify their own foolishness yes. um, in the name of Christ. Yes. Can you, can you speak to that African spirituality and how we, we know that there were, uh, there are all kinds of stories about slaves sneaking out, going to pray and, yeah. um, and leaning on their faith so heavily. Who yeah. were they, who were they praying to? If you, on one hand, you've got the slave master beating down um, mm-hmm. this, this Jesus, this whitewashed Jesus. But on the other hand, they still have this connection, even if it's distant, this distant connection with their, African roots. So mm. who were they praying to when they were getting these breakthroughs and, and hearing from God and hearing these songs from heaven? Were they praying to to, mm. to Jesus or were they, were they, was it some voodoo stuff? What was going on? Oh man. God is so, God is so in love with us. God is so in love with us. God Ooh. is so, I cannot stress this enough to to make this point god is so in love with us yes. there is no depths that he ha- has not gone forget cannot go but has not gone my god to have a relationship Ooh. with us god is as you know we talked about this on our on my podcast earlier this week god is one no i forget the other like years ago, but I was listening to it the other day. <laughs> God is a God of intentionality. Yes. God is a God of intentionality. So even when you spoke to, um, you you said something earlier when you said that you were wrestling with with God and you were wrestling with, you know, I'm black, you know, so what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I literally thought about the scripture. If you, if you seek for me, you will find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, yes, Lord. God is a God of intention. God is a God of intentionality. He is very intentional. Um, so, so even though these people were inundating them with these falsehoods and these fallacies um, in regards to the Lord, God is looking at the heart. They want me, and also just. The gospel is so powerful. Yeah. So even even affect that. So what they were doing. Um, this is important to note, note as well. They had these these white um, slave owners. They would have two heavens. Mm-hmm. So even even heaven was segregated to them. So <laughs> we're gonna go to white heaven, and y'all will go to to 
inward heaven. They would yeah. And so they might have had hope in this in this God that even though he saw them on in a lesser vein than their white counterparts, that they still would be saved and they still would be set free from this. So even though that's sad, God still even used that. Like, fam, you when you get to heaven, you're going to be in such surprise. You're going to be so surprised. <laughs> you know, you're going to be so surprised about who's here and who's not. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're also going to be very surprised about where your place is with me. God is very yeah. intentional. And so even though they saw him from, even though they saw him dimly and we all see him dimly, the Bible talks about what we know in part and we prophesy in part, but there mm-hmm. will come a time when we will know in full, even though they knew in part, even though they knew in part. And so from, they were pulling from other places, sadly, and, and subsequently because of their lack of, of knowledge, their lack yeah. of being able to read, their lack of, of being told the truth. Yeah. And so, okay, I need to get closer to God. I want to, but here's the foundation. If I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my sins, I will be saved. God will use that. And that is, you know what I mean? That's, that's the yeah. platform. And so now, is this is this God's ultimate will for us to be mixing things and using, you know, n- no. And I would say that vehemently, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah. And I, I do believe, again, if we go, we go from glory to glory. Yeah. And I do believe that we're not here. We're not at this place right here where we have um, the black church as we know it today. Um, without those things. And I, I don't know what people yeah. do in their own personal lives, but we're not here today without God taking people from glory to glory and giving them a better yes. understanding for their own people. Yeah. So there is some, there are some things that we have to see as factor. There's some things that we have to know, but then there are some things that we just have to leave up to the Lord to do. Yes. Ooh, y'all can't see me, but I am really trying to hold it in. I'm over here, Loki, having a whole Baptist fit <laughs> because I'm telling you, like, I just, it, you can't start, you, when you think about how intentional God is about you as an individual, the creator yes. of the world, yes, not just the creator of America, the creator of the world and how he loves me so deeply. Who am yes. I? You know? Yes. Yeah, he calls me friend and he chases after me continually, even when in my own limited wisdom was low key about to like peace out. And he's like, yeah, no, baby girl, I got you. Hold on. I'm coming after you. I want you. I want you in my life. I want to be in your life. I want to abide in you like that. Listen. So yeah, I um absolutely I was trying to hold it in, but I get excited thinking about Jesus. I really, really do. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If I wanted to read real quick um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep his love is. Ooh. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. Let that marinate. Let it sizzle in your spirit. Whew. All right. Um, okay, moving on. I, I'm really like, yes, the Lord. Yeah, they both. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let me pull it together and put it together. I just, but seriously though, like I'm a yeah. really, I'm a visual person. And when I, yeah. I 
oftentimes or sometimes just think about our ancestors and what it was like. And like, you know, like just little moments, right? Like when they woke up, you know, what were they thinking about? And what was their yeah. day to day, you know? And when I think about like how they would pray, how they just yeah. knew there was a, you, we talk about like, there's just a, sometimes a knowing, you know what I mean? Is, and how powerful Holy Spirit is to meet them, even in their ignorance, in their lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, their lack of truth. He still met them and they yep. still had these beautiful encounters of intercession and worship yeah. and dance and how they would even talk to each other in song like this yes come on man like like that's the stuff that makes me say you can't make me doubt him you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying because it's like you you make that make sense you can't make that make sense you know like Mm -hmm. how they had this hidden language and secret language you know with each other to to hold each other accountable and to protect each other and to support yes. each other like that to me is just oh it is so beautiful it speaks Amen. to the power of who God really is yes and and it speaks to how he's always had our back even in the midst of racial trauma the worst of the worst no he didn't condone it but he kept us he kept us yes. the fact that we have survived says so much about yes. his keeping power you know yes yes <sighs> okay Real, real, real quick tidbit, um, because a lot of people would say, well, if God is so loving, if God is so amazing and if God um, loves me and if God loves black people, why would this even happen? Why would God even do this? I'll say this. First of all, again, we don't fully know. We don't fully know. And I, but I do want to give a, a, a I don't want to say a better answer, but I do want to give a, another answer along with God does love us and God is with us. Um, God never promised that we wouldn't have tribulation. He never promised that we wouldn't have issues. He never promised that we wouldn't go through things. I'll say it all starts with the fall. And we have to, we all, and when we talk about evil and we talk about sin and we talk about, well, this is wrong. Why did God allow this? God did not allow this. None of the things that are happening that are out of God's will is natural. Racism is not natural. Sin is not natural. It's not natural. Sin entered into the world because we sinned against God. We sinned against God. We God said, don't do this. You got, you've got a bevy of things that you can enjoy. And, and I think a lot of times, even, even when we're questioning God in this way, and it's not wrong to question God, but even when we're questioning God in this way, we're like, well, why, why you let us eat from the thing? It's like, fam, you're missing, literally, you're missing the forest for the trees. You're literally, you're literally missing the forest for the trees. I gave you all of this stuff to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I gave yeah. you all of this to enjoy. And I just said, don't do this. Yeah, one thing. Just said, don't do this. You guys chose to do this. And yes, even though we weren't there, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve are our mother and our father. And so we would have done the same thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> um and so you know we have to pay for it and we're paying for what they had to pay for. And so we fell away from God in that way. And that's when sin entered into the world. But before that happened, God said, let us give them dominion. Mm. Let us give them dominion over the plants, over the over all the things in the earth. And so when we ask God, why are you allowing this to happen? He's like, no, why are y'all allowing this to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I gave y'all dominion. Yeah. So we can put a stop. We can put us. But that's 
That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the ability to now do what God requires us to do. That's a part of the gospel. What we couldn't do, what are we free to do now? We're yeah. free to do, we are free to love. What we couldn't do before, we are now able to do. So now with the gospel, yes, we are able to understand, hey, racism is wrong. Hey, we need to change this. Hey, things need to change. We need reform. Yeah. And so with the gospel, we're able to do those things. We're able to understand those things. And mm-hmm. so... um, I just want to speak. I just wanted to speak to that before saying, well, if God is so loving. Why would he allow this? She's like, no, yeah, I never intended for this to happen. And so he said he sent us a comforter. And so it says in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says in this life, you will have tribulation. So Jesus, Jesus himself is promising that we will have trouble in this life. But he said, take heart for I have overcome the world. Amen. I often think too how grateful I am that he has given us choice, you know, Uh, because whenever those questions come up for me, it's like, well, do you want to just be robots where God dictates every single move we make? Because that wouldn't be a loving God. That would be a, you know, a a harsh, you know, dictator. That's abuse. That's abuse, right? Like abuse. And he is love. Mm hmm. God is love. Holy Spirit. He, she, you can put whatever, call him whatever pronoun you want to, because, you know, God is God. God is God. But yeah, like, I love the fact that he allows me to choose him day after day. Amen. That is, that is beautiful. But, but in that though, because he's given us choice, we can choose to do evil. And that's why we have evil in the world. So there's that Thank Thank you for saying that. Cause I do not want what I said to be like, well, if he's so loving and he's so good and he keep, he's kept us, why don't he keep us from slavery? So I really, I, I appreciate you. For and there's nothing, that. and there's nothing wrong with what you said. Cause that is very true. It's so true. And so and, but that's people's argument. That's their counter argument to that. Well, if that's so, it's like he doesn't cause them. Yeah. But but I gave you all free will. You yeah. know, what I mean, if I if I didn't, then that's not love. And yeah. me me saying, well, Jesus, God, not planning. And ultimately, we know it's Jesus because Jesus is the word. But God not putting the tree in there would be wrong. We don't have an option. That's not love at all. That's not love mm-hmm. at all. Oh, well, well, I don't have an option to disobey. How can my love be tested? That's not love. It's not love. Slavery is wrong because they don't have a choice. Keith, you are dropping bars. Okay. Okay. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I, I, we prayed before we started the podcast. Y'all. This is the Holy Spirit. And Allison is dope. Oh, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. A few more questions. Like I told you, you know, Holy Spirit revealed himself in a very personal way to me when I was struggling with my faith. Um, So, so that's secure, right? Like I'm, I'm secure in my faith and and who I believe is my savior. Right. But what I struggle, but what I struggle with present day is whitewash Christianity and yeah. to the to the point where I sometimes don't even want to call myself a Christian call me a follower of Jesus call me something else you know and I even understand and I even understand why some folks say oh no I'm spiritual I'm not religious I, yeah. I get I get it because some of these words have a certain connotation that we want to be so far away from and I struggle with saying that these are my brothers and sisters in Christ because uh it sometimes feels like 
white Christianity is patriotism. Like God and country are one of the same, you know, mm-hmm. like, like God only came for America. And if I love yeah. my country, I'm loving God. And, and this is this weird, it feels like idolatry and, and I, I don't want no parts of it, you know? Yeah. I guess just give me your thoughts on that, you know, about this whitewashed, westernized Christianity, especially in present day when we hear, you know, Rob Parsley saying the things that he said. And, and you know, we have the Paula Whites and the all, all these different people, you know, who, who, who back, loudly back a president who is so far from anything that's written in scripture that says he is, you know, aligned with the savior that we believe in. I have no problem with people disagreeing with me with their, you know, belief system. And I, I'm, I'm good with, with, with all that. But when it comes to my faith and we, and we say we share yes. the same faith, there should, there should be some yeah. core values that we have in common. And I'm a little bit, and I'm a little bit confused Absolutely. to the point where I don't even like cinema Christian, just say, uh, I believe in Jesus and that's about it. So can you speak to that? She swish point first. But yeah, it's all right. I need that. That's awesome. Um, number one, I would say, we need to understand that our patriotism does not make you more of a Christian. So you being an American does not make you more of a Christian. And and we need to, and, and I think a lot of people, first of all, before any, before we say anything else, what is going on? The things that we're fighting against, we're fighting against them because I think we have to understand this. It's not just that they're not issues that we're having. Mm, thank you, Lord. They're not issues that we're having and God is behind us on it. That's not what this is. There are issues that God has about these Ooh. things. God has an issue with this. I think we lose, we lose sight or don't even recognize that. They're not issues that like we have an issue with this because God has an issue with this. Yeah. So, man, so I want to say this going forward. The enemy is cunning and I'm not trying to give him credit or anything. The enemy is cunning. So he we, we talk about the separation between church and state. But at every turn, we're trying to to mix church and state together. We talk, we talk about, no, there's separation between church and state, but then we say one nation under God. (laughs) And that is to convolute. That is, that is a tactic to convolute. um, Well, what I believe as an American is what I should believe as a Christian and Mm. vice versa. They're separate. Like y'all said. (laughs) Like y'all said. (laughs) Okay. They're separate. Um, I do want to say this also to answer your question. Well, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that because I know this is how this has been going. This is going to be a whole nother topic, but it's important to to know. So your patriotism and your and your Christianity, they should not necessarily be linked. It's okay to be a, it's okay to be a Christian and then a a, a San Diego charge. I think they're the LA Chargers now. A LA Chargers fan. It's fine. And as a Christian, you'll find a way to be an L.A. Chargers fan that is a Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll find Christian ways to be an L.A. Chargers fan. 
So you, same is true. If you, you're a patriot, if you're a patriot, if you love America and you just hold these truths to be self-evident and you love America so, so much, you will find a way to be a Christian inside of being an American and not the other way around. Anytime this, you know, patriotism thing comes up, I, I find yeah. it so ironic because it, it it is usually the quote unquote patriots who are the ones who don't care about America. <laughs> it's like, so you're yeah. a patriot, but you don't understand mm-hmm. why we need to wear masks. So yeah. you're so you're a patriot, yeah. mm-hmm. but you don't understand yeah. why we need to be fighting for the kids who are in cages at the border. So you are a patriot, mm-hmm. but you are okay with poverty being in this nation when there actually there yeah. is no reason we should be in there should be any poverty in this country. So you're a patriot, but like you know, but, but you're the one saying all lives matter to diminish Black Lives Matter. Like, like I'm confused. Right. W- w- what is your patriot? How are you a patriot again? <laughs> Like right. oh 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 right. white America well, okay so you're fighting for white America ex- I got you. exactly yeah. exactly so the police are here to serve and protect yeah. yes who and that's yeah. the uh, that's yeah. the that's yeah. the issue that's it's it's they're serving and they're protecting me so that's fine my nucleus is is protected mm-hmm. and so everything outside of that is either non-existent I can deny it it's not real it and it matter. doesn't matter. And so yeah. I think it was I think um, it was Toni Morrison who said uh, to be American is to be white because everyone else has to hyphenate, you know, yes, America is, mm. is theirs, you know, um, and and mm. when we at every turn, we see how, oh, y'all don't. Oh, so we not y'all. Y'all not us. OK, cool. Cool. I got it. Y'all don't see us as one. You know, at every turn. Um, So, yeah, this this patriotism thing is it's it's funny because it's definitely one of those cold words. Um, But that's that was a side. That was a side Barb. So let's get back on track again. (laughs) Um, Okay, One and a half more questions. So as a black man in America, have you struggled with your faith personally and how did you or how do you continually reconcile your faith as a black man? God, it's so good because this that was going to be my next point. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. And I don't have to. I don't think God came. I don't think Jesus came for he said, well, the Bible says he came for the Jew first and then also for the Greek. You and I would be considered Greeks because we don't identify mm-hmm. as Jews. So we would be considered Greeks. Um, so we came from he came for everyone. He came for all creeds, colors, kinds, whatever it might be. And so growing up and early into my adulthood i was i would just say i'm a christian i'm a christian and whatever else happens after that and uh, i'm a christian first and i'm black second is what i would mm-hmm. say right and i wouldn't always say that cuz that's nasty i would never always you know i don't walk around mm-hmm. saying that but that's how you feel and you think that you're more christian because of it right until um i was in a, a creative meeting i can't take credit for this i was in a creative meeting one day and uh we were doing something for a, a black a, a black christian um conference or what have you so we were um doing a little uh 
yeah, like a, like I said, creative meeting. And uh, he asked us, it was a bunch of uh, grown men in the room, and he said, um, what would you guys consider yourselves? Would you consider yourselves to be black first or Christian first? And of course, we, you know, uh, I remember your other question now. Um, the, um, you know, growing up and whether we want to believe it or not, we are heavily um, influenced by white evangelicalism. Um, and so because of that, subsequently, we said, well, we're Christian first. And he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you are not. Do you think that the bird, do you think that the bird feels like he's a bird first or a Christian first? <laughs> the bird is, the bird is a, is a bird that's a Christian. You know what I mean? Like it don't, and the bird is a bird for God's glory. A bird is a bird for the glory of God. So there is no, I'm this, there's no yeah. hierarchy. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a, Christian that's black or I'm a black Christian, however mm -hmm. you say it, but there is no, but my, my, my blackness should make me more mm -hmm. of a Christian. You know what I mean? And my, and my, and my Christianity should make me more mm -hmm. of a black man. I need to delve into both of those things for the yes. glory of God. So I need to, I need, need to um, advocate for my people because I'm black. I've experienced these things. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, it talks about in Hebrews that Jesus is, he's the high priest. Why is Jesus the high priest? Not just because he's God, but because he experienced everything Ooh. that we experienced, but yet knew no sin. Yes, right? God. You and I, you and I are not and will never be Ever. high priests or high priestesses, but we can be priests and priestesses in our community because we know the yeah. plight. We know the successes. We know the downfalls. We know the pain. We know the we know what brings yeah. us joy. We know what we celebrate for because we are yeah. black. So I'm black for the glory of God. I'm a Christian for the glory of God. God made me black on purpose. God saw that I was black and he said that it was good. Woo! Yay, God. Yay, God. He said that it was good. Yes, he did. So, I, and I think that's the issue. So th that that is the issue above all else. It's it's the um That thing just blessed direct, me. Woo! That thing Amen. blessed me. Amen. It is the it is direct. It is the direct negligence of the imago day that is in each and every single one of us. To where um, a person says, and imago means, um, I, I believe that you I know don't, anyone listening. No, no, no. That, Let, oh, let's, no. Let's be no. clear. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I love the word. I love the word. Imago day literally means the image of God. So you and I, we, we were created in the image of God. So you and I, we were created in the image of God. And so for a person that feels like that they can just kill us for the color of our skin is an, is a direct indictment on who yeah. God is. It is an, is it is a direct indictment on what God says yeah. is good. We're saying we walk our existence, our existence, we're walking around 
background, our existence proves God, God's existence. Our existence says that it yeah. was good. And you are walking around saying, no, not so. God was wrong mm. on this one. You putting your knee on, on someone's neck for eight, eight minutes, eight minutes and 40 plus seconds is a direct and that just for the color of their skin and thinking that you can get away with it because of the color of the skin is a direct indictment on how you see God and how you view the righteousness yeah. of God. You're, you're lynching people, you um, taking people captive and you using them to do which and whatever you want to do is a direct indictment on how you see God and how you see how God makes his decisions and so on and so forth. You're not mad at us more than you're mad at God for making us. That's the issue above all mm. issues. So I don't wrestle with my blackness as a Christian. I don't wrestle with my Christianity, my belief in Christ as a black man. I don't because he is for me and he is for us. Why? Because he created us for his glory. You don't think that God looks at us and goes like, man, like God looks at us like little babies. You know, if we're, if we're in Christ, God looks at us as little babies and he wants to look at us as, as his little children. Like, oh my goodness, look at what my kids are doing. I got, I got these kids over here. They have their own little nuances in the way of doing things, but I've also got these kids over here and they do this, they do it like that. There's so many tribes in God's family that he is yeah, pleased with man. just by them being who they mm. are. The only, that, what is sin? Sin is acting outside of who God intended you to be. My skin is not a sin. And I didn't mean for that to that rhyme. That was a so, bar. So if, I meant, if I meant for that to rhyme, that's whack. But my skin isn't sin. I like though, it though. So. I like it. <laughs> All right. Final question. And I feel like you really just said it. But if you were talking specifically to a Black American who is struggling with their faith because of racism and because Christianity doesn't make sense to them and because they believe that we have been brainwashed to believe what the masses is, what would you tell them to encourage them to see that Jesus really is Lord? John chapter 3, verse 16. It is said that John chapter three, verse 16 is the Bible in short. Period. Period. What does John chapter three, 16 say? <laughs> Got you. For God so loved the world, the world, not the white man's world, not white people in the world, so on and so forth. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish. Whosoever, whosoever, yeah. whosoever that believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You don't, you don't, all you gotta do is give people the yeah. gospel. The gospel is, we don't have to add it's or enough. take away. Like God. It's enough. Knew. The gospel is enough. Yes. <laughs> it's enough, period. And we don't mean that in a white evangelical way of saying that the gospel is enough. That is not what we mean when we say that. So I'm, I'm going to speak for Allison in this moment. I'm going to speak for <laughs> Allie in 
this moment. We are not, that is not what we are saying. Well, well, we need to share the gospel more. No. What does the gospel mean? The gospel is an action. There are things that take place when you tell people the gospel, when you share the share the gospel, you can show the gospel as well. So it's not just, oh, well, let me tell you the gospel more and then hopefully things will change. No, you have to live out the gospel. For God so loved the world. So if God loved the world, then what should I do? I need to mm-hmm. love the world because he gave his life for me. He gave his life for you yeah. too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. See, I'm really trying to end this thing. I swear I'm trying to end it. But that, that's another thing. Yeah. I um I, I struggle with this because that that's what we get, right? It's like, oh, racism, let's just share the gospel and that'll fix it. And as a country girl from South Alabama, where there are churches on every single corner filled with white people who love God, but hate black people. I'm like, really? Mm. What is it? Wait, what? So I'm going to say this. You don't love God if you hate black people. Period. Period. How can you say that you love God whom you've never seen but hate your brother who you see every day that's scripture you don't love god if you don't love his people period. in the book um thank you so much for um thank for you. having this conversation it's so good <laughs> thank you thank you for having uh, me really before we get into brownie points let the people know if uh what you're doing what projects you're working on what your podcast is where they can find Man. you Man, you can, um, if you just go on any podcast platform, you can find me and my fellow constituents on Thank God for the Group Chat. We talk about current events, everything that's happening under the sun from a Christian standpoint. We might not always say the most Christian of things, but that's a part. <laughs> of, <laughs> that's a part of the show. It's, it's, you know, it's a it's a safe place. It really is. Um um, just search Thank God for the group chat or if you're looking for a more conventional um, um, podcast in your walk, you can listen to me on I Pray This Helps right now. I, I am I'm on hiatus because right now I have to host Thank God for the group chat. And so uh, but I'll be back soon and uh, we'll finish our study in the book of John, because I do understand people have an issue with Jesus. They have an issue with who Jesus was and who or is and says that he was. So we're in the book of John. Sounds good. Okay, let's get into Brownie Points. Brownie Points is where we um, give ourselves some extra love for something that we're proud of recently. Mm-hmm. So I want you to take this moment to give yourself some grace and show yourself some love. Um, so Keith, what are you giving yourself Brownie Points for today? Hmm. Honestly, I would say... Uh, I can't. I, <laughs> I was I was gonna say this podcast, but I know I know this didn't come from me. Um, <laughs> that so was I real deep know. and churchy. <laughs> I know, but I know it did, and I can't give credit to. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I set up for the equipment, be, uh, uh, and so for being able, a, that's for my being a willing point. vessel, huh? For Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah, to there you, we huh? go. Thank Boom. you. Yes. Cool. All right. I'm giving myself brownie. That was so funny. He's like, oh, I can't. It wasn't me. That that was funny. That was really, really funny. That was the equivalent of, oh, bless you to God be the glory. I'll say this. 
going like doing this, doing this, even in spite of like my nervousness to do this. Yeah. Boom. So I'm going to give myself brownie points for making French toast for the first time ever today. We're of course, of course, we're in quarantine, you know, and I'm one who loves my brunch. I'm typically going out for brunch, you know, but the last couple of months, I have not had the pleasure to enjoy, you know, my French toast and my grits and sausage and eggs and stuff. So I made it today for the first time and it, you know, it was okay. My grits and eggs and my turkey sausage was bomb. Now that is something I have perfected, but French toast first time, I think for the first time it was cool. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. So yeah, those are my brownie points. Listeners, please share with me what your brownie points are. Go to Instagram and or Facebook at Shades of Brown Podcast and share with me under the brownie points post what you are giving yourself brownie points for. Thank you so much, Um, Keith. Again, this was a pleasure. I enjoyed. The pleasure is all mine, for real. Can you come on our podcast one day? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, we're going we gonna to set that up. Okay, that up. let's yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's excited. do it. Yeah. O-M-G, y'all. That was so good. That conversation was so good to me. Oh my gosh. Keith, that, that was just so amazing. And y'all can't see me, but I was legit over here having a Holy Ghost fit because that, uh, it, I just love it. We don't have to wrestle with our, our race and religion like I am black to glorify God. I am Christian to glorify God. That was so good. Our skin is out of sin. I just love it. I love it, love it, love it so much. And I just hope and pray for those of you who have been like me, who have struggled with your faith because of stuff like this, that you um, become more solidified in your faith. And maybe those who have um, walked away because of stuff like this, because of the perversion of Christianity, because of racism, I pray that Um, you see that there is validity in this Jesus thing, that he truly is the savior of this world. So yeah, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this half as much as I did. (laughs) So yeah, um, I hope that you would go over to Instagram and or Facebook to follow me at Shades of Brown Podcast. Please rate and review the podcast and subscribe to it, like, share, comment, all those things that will make it a little bit easier for me to be found by other listeners. And Black folks, please know you are enough your creation is so divine. Like Keith said, when God created us, he looked at us and said that we were good. And we are made in his image. So until the next episode, be healthy, be whole, be healed.